On today's show, we're going to dig into some retirement planning errors and avoid and offer tips to potentially help correct them. It's all about your retirement. You're going to want to have an additional check to come in to maintain your lifestyle. For the retirement referees, Steve Caruso knows all the plays of the game. One thing we know for sure is that life isn't static. Retirement doesn't have to be complicated. Things are going to happen to you over the course of your retirement. Whatever the future, planning is key. The easiest way to make decisions from strength is to have money to fall back on. Welcome in to the Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. Welcome, everybody, to the Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. It's the show where we blow the whistle on financial fowls. I'm your consumer advocate, Teresa Opeka. Steve is the best-selling author of Cookie Cut This, Retirement Distribution Strategies for the Nonconformist. Steve is a fiduciary with over two decades of experience and also president and founder of Laurel Wealth Solutions. With offices throughout the Eastern Seaboard, you can also check out his website. It's laurelws.com. Good Sunday to you, Steve. How are you today? I'm well, Teresa. How are you? I'm, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. So things are chugging along and uh, looking forward to summer because it doesn't last forever. <laughs> it just seems to fly by. You know, there's so many things you want to do, and it just seems to just go by quick. So taking advantage of everything this summer, especially after last year, the year that we had, you know. Well, yeah, no, it's it's nice to be able to go out and have barbecues and whatnot right. uh, again. Right, yeah, not being afraid to go different places and do different things. It is definitely nice. So, you know, when it comes to retirement planning, it's no easy task. And generally the right plan is about timing, opportunity, and not following the myths that can destroy your retirement. So we're going to take a look at some of those myths and how to avoid them. Uh, first up, we've got having unrealistic expectations for retirement. And what would that be, Steve? Well, it varies, right? So, um, but really what, when we're saying unrealistic expectations is that not really considering what your lifestyle is going to look like and what the true cost of your retirement is and, and be honest with yourself. So, I mean, you've saved up enough money. Um, typically the person who's a spendthrift um, leading up to retirement, their spending doesn't necessarily go down in retirement. So sometimes you can have unrealistic expectations in that direction. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing too, is that sometimes if you're a saver, it doesn't come natural for you to just start to spend. So even though you can maybe afford a, a fifteen or $20,000 cruise, maybe that's um, not something you're going to feel comfortable spending on or doing all the time. Um, so sometimes the lifestyle and what the reality is is not, not in line. And so you want to sit and think of what you want your retirement to look like, but you want to have a well-defined goal. And we talk about this a lot on the show. You really want to look at what, what you're going to occupy your day doing and the types of things that you want to do. And there are some things that you want to do that you probably can afford to do. And then there are some things that maybe you won't be able to afford to do. And it's about making trade-offs. And, but once we know what you want to do and we have that kind of well, well-defined goal, we can, we can calculate what the cost of that is. And once we know the cost, then we can tell if you're on pace or not. And one of the things that we want to look at really important is that when you, when you, if you are one of those kind of savers that isn't going to end up spending, then it, then we look at where do you want your money to ultimately go? Because if you're, if you're not spending uh, all of your money, 
then your savings is continuing to build throughout your retirement, which means that someone's ultimately going to inherit that. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. So the unreal, unrealistic expectations, and then of course, having no retirement plan. I mean, that's huge. Yeah. Yeah, so not starting with the foundation of uh, of a retirement plan is a is a big mistake. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, having having a plan for saving for retirement is something that we we get drilled in our head by the by the commercials on TV. But a lot of us don't make a plan for distributing in retirement, and that's actually more critical than saving for retirement because when you're saving for retirement, you have the benefit of time. So if the market does poorly or you make a bad investment decision, you have time to sit in it and ride it out. When you're nearing retirement, those bad decisions impact you a lot worse. And so you need to have a plan in place so that you're not putting money at risk that is money that you're going to be living on in the next year or even three years. Right, right. And of course, uh, not knowing how much you need to retire. Right. And so this all goes back to that well-defined goal. And so each activity that you do is going to have a cost associated with it. Now, you don't need to think of every possible activity that you're going to do in retirement. What you can do is you can start with your current spending as a baseline. And when we look at current spending, we look at it forensically. What do I mean by that? Well, when we some some financial planners are going to do kind of an expense inventory, I find that those typically are going to underestimate your expenses. If we look at the the amount of deposits that went into your bank account and then we look at your bank balance, Did it grow or did it shrink? Well, if it stayed about the same, that means all the money that you deposited went out the door. Now, did some of that money go out the door to pay down debt or did some of that money go out the door for a one-time expense or did some of that money go out for an investment in, in say, a brokerage account? Well, once we figure out all those numbers, we can actually forensically come to the number that your current lifestyle is costing you and then we can add on those additional things that you want to do. I like to use the your current expend, expenditures as a baseline, and the reason I like to do that is because no one retires and says they want to live a worse lifestyle in retirement. So I, I want to make sure you're able to live your at least your current lifestyle, and then and then see if you know if we add in some of the ex- aspirational stuff that you want to do if you have the money to do that. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. And then there's some that, you know, they want to keep working. They enjoy what they're doing. And, you know, they just don't see any signs of stopping, believing you're never going to retire. Yeah. So there there are people out there and I have clients like this that love their career and they can't imagine life without it. So you might love your career and, and never want to stop it. And so there are people I've, I've worked with people that have continued to work into their 80s, um, you know, so that everyone is different. You know, but how, however, you have to have a plan in place for retirement because at some point we all end up retiring. And, you know, if it's not under your own terms, meaning your, your firm could let you go at a certain point because maybe mentally you can't keep up or God will tell you it's time to retire because you physically can't do it or you pass away. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're all, you know, we're all going to get there at some point. But if you, if you are, even if your plan is not to retire, if, if all of a sudden you find yourself not working anymore and say you worked until say 71, it's, it's you know not impossible, but impractical to believe that you're going to go out and find another job at 71 years old. So it's better to accept the reality. And, and obviously if you get to that point, you want to have a plan in place to uh, be able to make your retirement as effective as possible. 
Yeah, that's true. That's true. You also touched on retiring too early as well. And I know you speaking of plans, this is something you go over every day with your clients. You you meet people, new people every day. You go over all of that and, uh, and tell a little more about the process you could help people out with. Yeah. So what we do is we create a customized lifetime income plan and we're using proven strategies and techniques that will help you uh, not only know how much income you need in retirement, but kind of turbocharge that retirement income. And in short, what we're trying to do is take the guesswork out of financial planning for you. And so we we try and educate you in the in you'll have as a you know one of the first fifteen callers today. We're going to do this for free, and you'll have basically two two visits with us, complimentary. And the first one, we're going to kind of hash out what you want your retirement to look like. And in that second meeting, we're going to look at, all right, well, here's what you said you wanted. Here's where you are now. Are you on pace or are there some shortfalls? Are there some things that you need to address? And if there are things that you need to address, we'll tell you how to address them. And we're going to offer that for free for the next 15 callers. You can call Steve at 800-705-9995, 800-705-9995. This is for retirees and pre-retirees. Common sense planning and straight talk instead of financial double talk and a sales pitch. You know, you just need to sit down, get that financial roadmap put together. And Steve, he's going to translate that complex financial world into something that just makes sense. It's an excellent chance for you to get a true practical financial review. Again, that number, 800-705-9995, 800-705-9995. What's coming up next, Steve? Phased retirement is it's a concept that's gaining momentum and popularity. But what is it? And should you be asking your employer about it? We'll explore phased retirement when we come back. Thank you for listening to The Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso and spending some of your Sunday with us. I'm your consumer advocate, Chorizo Opeka. Steve is the best-selling author of Cookie Cut This, Retirement Distribution Strategies for the Nonconformist. You can check out his website at laurelws.com. And, uh, you know, Steve, he's a sought-after speaker, and you've brought you've been brought in to train advisors at some of the largest financial firms and insurance companies across the country, and, uh, you, and you do so much. You do estate planning, financial planning, long-term care. You, you pretty much do it all, don't you, Steve? <laughs> yeah, a little, a little bit of everything when it comes to retirement distribution planning. Now, I'm working exclusively with people who are uh, nearing retirement or in retirement, so uh, this is really my area of expertise, and it has been my area of focus for over 20 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as you mentioned, you know, I, I, I did write a book on the topic, and mm-hmm. um, I love talking about it. It's something that's, you know, um, near and dear to my heart. Sure, sure. And and I don't know. And this phased retirement, you mentioned it before the break. Um, it, that's, it seems like it's a, maybe a relatively new term. Um, and maybe a lot of people haven't ha- heard it and you're, you're not alone. So we're going to find out what it exactly is and something if you should be contemplating or at the very least asking your employer. So we're going to take a look and see if it's going to work for you. So Steve, what is it ex- exactly? Uh, great question, Teresa. So what it is exactly is it allows an older employee to work, to reduce their work hours gradually, okay. kind of creating a slow transition into retirement rather than a sudden departure. Okay. And so that it has benefits to both the employer and to the employee. 
um, because it allows you to kind of gradually get used to retiring. So instead of being going from working, say, 40 or 50 hours a week to zero, um, maybe you, you, you go down by 15 hours a week, then you go down by 30 hours a week. Um, so what happens is, is that uh, obviously your income reduces as you do that, but um, you're not drawing as much of your retirement assets. And this works really well for people who are already kind of at that historical retirement age, mm -hmm. like say 65, but they're really not ready to, to hang it up. And they haven't really thought about um, what they want to do when they retire. Uh, a lot of times, maybe they'll have a younger spouse as well, who's still working. So um, phased retirement can can work really well in that situation. Okay. Yeah. Instead of just hitting the gas, hitting the brake, you just slowly <laughs> let off the gas pedal and come to, you know, instead of coming to a screeching halt when it comes to retirement. And practice makes perfect when you're doing this. Well, yeah, it's like anything in life, right? So if you, uh, you know, if, if, for those of you who've read uh, the, out, the Outliers, right, the 10,000 hours, mm -hmm. uh, well, you don't need 10,000 hours to perfect retirement, but um, it is a big transition, right? So it's, it's all these different hours in the day that you have to fill. And so you're getting used to what life would be like if you're, you're quasi-retired for two or three days a week. Um, you're getting used to it, and then you, you start to maybe take up some other activities, whether it's playing sports or running a, you know, running a consulting business on the side or whatever it is that you like to do, charity work. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I spoke to someone uh, recently who their, their goal was to go overseas and join the Peace Corps when they retire and, you know, um, I've had people start humanitarian websites and, and not-for-profits and different things in, in, in retirement that can be rewarding um, once they have that extra time on their hand. And it gets you acclimated to that environment. Yeah, yeah. So definitely, definitely the practice makes perfect with that. And you kind of mentioned before you can you can keep working, you know, gradual. It's a gradual, you know, coming to the end of and the goal is retirement, of course. And phased retirement can help minimize use of retirement funds. So that's a good thing. Yeah. So number one, a lot of times it will allow you, especially if you're going, say your full retirement age was 67 and you, you start a phased retirement at 65, it allows you to continue to defer your social security to at least full retirement age and possibly uh possibly to 70 and so that helps that helps with your retirement funds it's also less of a drawdown from your retirement assets and oh by the way you can continue to contribute to your retirement accounts so not only does it uh not reduce your nest egg a, as much it might actually help increase your nest egg yeah so that's definitely a, a benefit um, and change is hard. It's hard for any of us, but especially affects your mental health when you're doing a full on retirement. Yeah, it does. Uh, especially, you know, you're, you have to have your mind ready to retire. And so we talk about this all the time on the show. It's not just your paycheck that stops when you retire. It's, you know, a part of your identity for 40 years of your life. Every time you've met someone new, one of the first questions they ask you is what do you do for work? Right. And so, you know, it's, it takes a, it's a mental, it's a mental, um, transition as well yeah. to, you know, not everyone is equipped to just go from, you know, uh, working like an animal 40 hours a week to being, you know, John Belushi in, uh, <laughs> an animal house. Right. 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 <laughs> so, yeah. And you miss that so, water cooler talk. You, you get together yeah, with yeah. your, your coworkers and suddenly it's gone. 
And what do you do? Yeah. You know? So. Exactly. So, um, you know, so th there's an impact, obviously, on your mental health. Right, right. And the potential reduction of Social Security benefits is also another another line. Yeah, so basically, we talked about being able to defer your Social Security a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. Depending on when you start phased retirement, it's important to know that when, you're, when you get your Social Security statement, what they're looking at is your AIM, which is your average index monthly earnings. And what that is, is it's based off of your 35 best earnings years. Now, if you've already had, say, 35 maximum years, then it's not going to impact your Social Security. But if you haven't, what they're doing in that projection is they're projecting you working till full retirement at your current earnings level. If you're going and starting this before your full retirement age, then you're going to have lower numbers for those last couple of years, and that could reduce the benefit slightly. Okay. All right. But now if you're still on the fence about this, you're not quite sure, like anything with, with retirement, the best thing is to consult a professional and talk to your advisor. Yeah. So if you're definitely on the fence, successful planning uh, for retirement, you know, it, it's tricky for all of us. And so, um, you know, whether or not a, something like a phased retirement makes sense for you is something that we look at. And we have actually nine spots left. Um, and we're going to do a, a comprehensive retirement distribution plan for for the next nine callers. And we're going to do that free of charge. This this consultation is going to help you determine how prepared you are to handle retirement pitfalls, things like health emergencies, stock market volatility, taxes, inflation. Um, you've worked hard for your money. So we want to help you protect it, grow it, and make sure that you're taking it out in the safest possible way with the least amount of taxes. And we're going to make that available to the next nine callers. 800-705-9995, 800-705-9995. Today is the opportunity to build the tomorrow that you want. Folks, there is no cost or obligation to get a better handle on your financial situation. To find out what your investments are really costing you because of high fees or commissions and what the future tax implications will be and how much income you can securely generate from that once you do move into retirement, pick up the phone and call Steve now. Uh, we've got some spots left, and then do hear the phone ringing, so you want to get in. Um, get in early. Steve's an advisor you can trust. He's there by your side with more than two decades of experience. He is a fiduciary, and that's important because he's listening to your concerns and plans for your future. He's not out there pushing a product or trying to get a commission. He's there by your side listening to what you want for your future. Let him put together a lifetime customizable retirement plan for you. Again, that number, it's 800-705-9995, 800-705-9995. Take the stress out of planning for your future. Call Steve right now. He's there to help. And we've got more show on the way. What's coming up next, Steve? Well, when we come back, we're going to tackle how to prepare for one spouse to retire while the other one is still working. And there are some things that you need to know to make sure you're ready. tuned to the retirement referee with steve caruso i'm your consumer advocate Teresa opega steve is the best-selling author of cookie cut this retirement distribution strategies for the nonconformist he is a fiduciary with over two decades of experience we did mention earlier fiduciary that means 
you know, he's concerned about what you want for your future, what your hopes and dreams and your goals are for your retirement. Maybe you want to spend more time with your grandkids. Maybe you want to go travel. You want to make sure you got enough money and you've got a plan, most importantly, put into place. And Steve's going to help you out with that because, again, more than two decades of experience with that. He's also president and founder of Laurel Weld Solutions with offices throughout the eastern seaboard. Talking a lot about a lot about different things today. Um, and if you're near retirement and your spouse is not, what, we're going to talk about what we do we have to do to make sure the transition is smooth and that we don't run short of the all-important income in retirement. Like we said, make sure you've got enough money so you are secure and not fretting about it. So what can we do? Um, first up, making a new budget. A budget's not a great word, but <laughs> got to do it. Yeah, no, it's, listen, it, budgeting is the most important thing in retirement. It's spending is what determines your asset allocation. It determines how how ready you are to retire. And everyone's spending is different, which is why we always say there's no, there's no such thing as a cookie cutter solution because mm-hmm. everyone spends differently. And so you want to make a budget, but just making a budget is is just like writing a goal down, but it's not tracking how you're doing to that goal. Mm -hmm. So you want to work with an advisor who has a way of tracking your spending and showing you, hey, look, here's how much cash you burned through this month. This is what you had in deposits. This is what went out the door. And luckily with with technology today, there are ways to aggregate in your different credit cards and and bank accounts and be able to see that data in real time uh, right in front of you. And when you have... When you have real-time data and you have all of the information in front of you, you make better decisions and it makes it easier to budget because now you can see, all right, well, I'm spending $500 a month more than what I'm taking in. Mm-hmm. And I can either create another $500 of income from my investments by changing how I have it and have it allocated, or I can reduce spending. And what are some of these things I'm spending on that maybe I don't need to be spending on? And so again, Budgeting is an interactive process. It's not you make a budget one time and and, and you know forget about You're it. Done. You have to, right. yeah, you have to live by it. And so, um, and it's just like anything. If you were losing weight or dieting, you you have to measure yourself on the scale to make sure you're staying on track, right? So, um, you want to be doing the same thing with your budget. Yeah, that makes sense. And you know that comes into having a game plan as well. Yeah. No. On. And so. Yep. Yeah, so you want to have that retirement distribution plan in place, but you want to work with an advisor who's not just meeting you once and then saying, "Oh yeah, I'll check back," you know, a year from now. You want to you want someone you have an interactive dialogue with that's doing reviews, you know, um, fairly often, at least quarterly, so that you're you're making sure, hey, look, it's not just me holding myself accountable. It's I have someone like almost like a personal trainer who's who's calling who's calling on me and saying, "Hey, look." you spent a little bit too much this quarter or what happened this quarter? Why, why did, you know, why did you, why'd you burn through so much cash? Mm -hmm. Is it something that was out of the ordinary or is this a new normal? And so, um, and when you have that data, you can make changes based as the facts on the ground change, you can make changes and adjust. Yeah, that, that makes sense. And considering the impact on your relationship, that's key as well. Well, yeah, no. And we see this a lot. And, you know, I think we talked last, the last program about how divorce rates among baby boomers are going up. Right. And, you know, you see um, a lot of times a, a disparity in age 
uh, in couples sometimes. Maybe it's three years, maybe it's five years. And so you have one person working and the other one is retired and it's like, hey, you go to work. I'm going to go hang out at the beach today and uh, I'll see you at dinner. And so, <laughs> um, you know, it's, you know, you don't, you don't, it, that can cause stress on the relationship, especially where, you know, when you were both working, it's like, hey, you're both contributing. But then what happens is that maybe that person who's still working gets a little bit, a little bit angry about the fact that maybe you're not doing anything, even though you've earned it and you've retired. Um, but, you know, wanna, you want to kind of clarify roles and duties and, and how, you know, and consider how they're going to change when one person retires. And so because the opposite could be true, too. You could be at work and now all of the responsibilities of the household are falling upon someone who um, who maybe wasn't traditionally doing them. And um, and that can also lead to stress. So there's a lot of there's a lot of sources of potential stress there. Yeah. And you're, you're just touching on this as well. The per, your personal routines may also need to be adjusted. You know, you're retired, you might get to sleep in, but your, your spouse, they're still working. So you got to kind of adjust yeah, that, you know? Exactly. So, I mean, not everyone wants to, uh, to listen to their spouse binge watch the blacklist or, uh, you know, some, something on Netflix for, at three in the morning while they're trying to sleep for to get ready for work. Right. And so you want to, you want to make sure you don't disrupt your, your, your working spouse uh, as much as possible. So um, especially, you know, if you're, if you're waiting, um, you know, for your spouse to come home to, mm -hmm. um, you know, you, you don't want them to, to feel like, Hey, I worked all day and you did nothing. Um, you know, I just wanted to touch on one last thing sure. on this is uh, you know, we get this, especially now with the market having been at all time highs, um, you know, is it a time to reduce your risk in your portfolio? Mm -hmm. And what does de-risking look like? Should you be taking a defensive posture? And so there are a lot of money managers and things out there who are saying, hey, don't you don't need to take a defensive posture. You should stay fully invested. Well, part of that is because of the way the money manager is being compensated, right? So a lot of these uh, managers are being paid based on on the assets under management. So they obviously would prefer you to be more in stocks. But if the stock market has just gone up 30 or 40% and you've seen your account bump, if if you were thinking, hey, I'm, I'm nearing retirement and I'm going to need a little bit of this to spend in the next two or three years, now's a good time to take a little bit of risk off the table. And so um, that's one of the things that you want to look at. And that's one of the things that we do is we look at your overall asset allocation and we'll say, hey, allocated now, your portfolio we're projecting will have this level of risk. Here's what that means if the market goes down in the first year of your, your retirement. Now, we can we can tell you this is how much you should have in cash. Whereas uh, when you go into the bank, for example, someone's going to say to you, hey, you have too much money in the bank. We're not giving you any interest. Well, how do they know that? Right? They don't. But if you do a plan, then you have, then you know what's the right amount that you should have in in savings and money market. What's the right amount that you should have in the stock market? What's the right amount that you should have in income producing assets? It's a it's a strategic development process. It's you know, it, it's looking at those first five years of retirement, factoring in things like inflation and and you know building you that persistent stream of income if you need it. And so those are the things that we do, and we still have six spots left. Um, and we're going to do that absolutely free for the next six callers. 
800-705-9995, 800-705-9995. Something we're talking about today resonates with you, whether it's tax planning, Social Security, health care, or just the overall big picture, give Steve a call. And if you feel the need to just get that second opinion or you want to make sure your plan is really aligned with your goals, call Steve. Again, you want to take the stress out of planning for your future. A couple spots left, folks. Get in now. 800-705-9995. 800-705-9995. The show is flying by. One more segment left. What's coming up? It's that time you've got questions. I've got answers. That and more right after this. Welcome back to The Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. I'm your consumer advocate, Teresa Opeka. Steve's the best-selling author of Cookie Cut This, Retirement Distribution Strategies for the Nonconformist. He's also a fiduciary with over two decades of experience and is president and founder of Laurel Wealth Solutions with offices throughout the Eastern Seaboard. Time now for our most fun segment. It's Listener Questions, where you get to... uh, Get to ask Steve some some pretty interesting questions, that's for sure. First up is Glenn in Union Park. I'm receiving my Social Security retirement benefit. A friend told me I should apply for my spousal benefit based on my husband's record as well. I always thought a person could receive only one or the other, but not both. What say you? <laughs> well, yeah, Glenn, this is uh, one of those things, and we see this all the time, too, with... Uh, you know, people say, oh, I heard it from a friend or they have a, an office expert um, when it comes to their work benefits that they take advice from. And these people are not financial planners. And your friend, unfortunately, Glenn, is wrong. You only get it once. You don't get to go. You don't get to go to the candy store, the candy counter twice. Um, so you choose the higher of the two. So if if your half of your spouse's benefits is higher than the benefits on your own record, then you can absolutely take spousal benefit, but then you won't be getting your own. You don't get them both. Okay. So no double dip in there. (laughs) Nope. Nope. Unfortunately. (laughs) All right. Next up's Fred in Hunter's Creek. When you withdraw monies from a 401k plan, pay the taxes and reinvest the balance into a Roth 401k, is there a waiting period of five years before the profit is tax-free? Also, if you do this yearly, must each conversion amount be held for five years? Or once the Roth 401k is open, is it only one five-year period? It, good question, Fred. So when you withdraw money from a 401k plan, pay the taxes and convert it into a Roth 401k, you still have the five-year waiting period. Um, the new contributions would not have that waiting period. It would go back to five years from when you started the plan. But if you're converting and starting a new Roth 401k, it still have that five-year waiting period. Um, if you do conversions yearly, um, each conversion starts its own clock. So, um, you know, you definitely want to you definitely want to meet with a tax planner, and um, you want to have a retirement distribution plan in place. And I'm not a big fan of Roth conversions in general. Um, I am a big fan of doing Roth 401k and Roth 401k contributions. Uh, and there's a difference because uh, with a conversion, you're having to pay the taxes. And so when you pay the taxes, it's coming out of your bank account. And so you could avoid having it come out of your bank account by withholding the tax. But now 
you've just cut, you've just reduced your balance by say 35%. Mm. So um, there's a lot to think about. So there's a lot to unpack there. And that's one of those things where we want to meet on a one-on-one basis and really determine that it's right for you. The Roth conversion makes sense for a handful of people um, who have excess liquidity that have the money to pay the taxes um, that are really not planning on touching the retirement account um, or will not need it in their retirement. And the only way you're going to really know those things for sure is if you put together a plan. And if you're nearing retirement, it's critical that you make decisions in the context of a plan. And you don't want to make a decision like a, a Roth conversion without having a plan in place first. Okay. All right. Great advice. Next up is Paul in Winter Park. I'm fairly confident that my dividend-paying stocks will provide the income that I need in retirement. But sometimes I wonder if I'm relying too heavily on that plan. Do I need to diversify the income side of my portfolio? Short answer, yes. But let's let's delve a little bit deeper into that. I mean, so you said you're fairly confident that your dividend-paying stocks will provide the income that you need. However, you know, you you don't have to look too far back to only to maybe 2008, 2009, where companies were dramatically reducing their dividends. Um, there used to be a time where people would say that General Motors and General Electric were the stocks for widows and orphans because uh, they always paid a dividend and they, they stayed safe. Um, GE has reduced their dividend. The price has dropped dramatically. GM has had a bankruptcy. Um, so, you know, they, there's no such thing as as a, as a sure thing with, with dividends. When you're investing for income, what you want to do is you want to have the investment that produces you the income that you need for the fewest amount of dollars. And a lot of times that's not dividend paying stocks. But what it does allow you to do is if you carve out some money for income purposes, it allows you to be more aggressive with the other assets. And what you want to look at is what's going to produce you that income for the fewest amount of dollars. And the analogy I've said it a couple of times here on the show is those, those total cereal commercials from the eighties um, where they would have the person eating the one bowl of total and they would stack up 16 bowls of cornflakes mm-hmm. and say for one bowl of total, you need right. to eat 16 bowls of cornflakes. Yep. So, you know, if a dividend stock, if a dividend, if you're getting a 3% dividend um, you might need, you know, and you say you needed, $9,000 a year, you would need to have $300,000 in dividends. Uh, you have to have 300000 in, in dividend paying stocks to get that $9,000, whereas you might only need $135,000 in, in a fixed index annuity. And so, or you might only need $170,000 in a real estate investment trust. So that's, um, you know, that's what we would look at and try and find you the best income alternative uh, for, your, for your specific situation. And so, yes, I do think you need to diversify the income side of your portfolio. Okay. Last up is Ashley in Orlo Vista. I have $60,000 in a savings account. I also have an IRA account. I want to invest the $60,000 so that it can grow, but I'm nervous about investing it currently. How do I invest all or some of this money with a very cautious approach? I'm 63 and plan to retire at 65. Okay, Ashley. So this is another great question, and this is one that we get all the time as people are looking at their bank account and saying, I'm making a 10th of a percent on my bank. Or so right now, a lot of times it's a hundredth of a percent. It's not even, a, it's not even a 10th of a percent. And so they said, there's gotta be something better. The idea of, of having money in the savings account is it allows you to make decisions from strength, meaning that you're not panicking um, when your investments go south. And so you don't want to take all of your money and invest it in the market. And you certainly 
don't want to do it all on one day um, because the markets in the short run are volatile and you always want to keep some money on hand and the right amount of money to know to how much to keep on hand, you need a plan to do that. And so it's one of those things where you would want to definitely put together a plan, Ashley. But the in terms of how you should go about investing it, if there is a piece that can be invested, you know, um, for a little bit more gain, you'd want to go in gradually and you do dollar cost averaging. So rather than going in all on one day, you might invest it over a six or 12 month period in, in increments of, you know, say we were going to invest $30,000, maybe you in, invested in increments of $5,000 over a six month period. But great questions. Yes, definitely. And all these questions that came up today, that's so you could definitely help out uh, everybody who called in. Yeah, no, it's it's my belief that everyone who's listening deserves a secure and independent retirement. And that's why we offer that no cost, no obligation consultation to all of our radio listeners. And we still have uh, two spots left. And I believe the phones are lighting up, but try and get in there. It's two more, two more spots. And, uh, you know, the consultation will help you determine how prepared you are to handle inflation, health emergencies, volatility, all the things that we talked about. And, you know, you've worked hard and we're going to help you grow your money and protect it. And so uh, give us a call. 800-705-9995, 800-705-9995. And again, this is for retirees and pre-retirees. And it's to get you a financial roadmap. It's going to show you where you are now. But most importantly, it's going to show you where you need to be for your financial future. An excellent chance for you to get a true, practical financial review and ha- go over everything with Steve. Again, phones are lighting up. Get in now, folks. Just a couple spots left. One more time, 800-705-9995, 800-705-9995. This show flies by all the time, and I learned so much. Learned some new things today. I'm looking forward to next weekend, Steve. As am I, Teresa. Thank you for listening, Orlando, and enjoy your Sunday evening. See you right back here next week for another edition of The Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. Steve Caruso. 